All right, I'd like to welcome everyone to another edition of Coach Starnes Raw. Uh, this week we're going to change up the format a little. We're going to start with uh, we're going to start with college football, then go to the NFL, and then we're going to finish with with All Saints football because this is a big week. This is uh, our rivalry week. This is Gorman week, and so I have some special guests that are going to join us on Coach Starnes Raw this week, and, and we're going to save that for the for the second half of the of the podcast. So I want to kind of start with. With college football this week, it's uh, as every week. College football is a. I love college football. I think. I mean, I love all football, but to me, college football is the best. the The passion, the, the pomp, the circumstance, just the celebration around. You know, playing. You know, and, and playing for a school, playing for a community, playing for a fan base, playing for a you know an alumni base. It's just. Yeah, I, I think it's unparalleled the the excitement around college football here um and so just some of my key takeaways from this week some of the big games that i know we mentioned last week uh you know first and foremost on my list i know we talked about wake forest this was a big game for wake forest against a tough army team this weekend and and we talked about how it's a tough matchup playing the flexbone and and obviously wake forest didn't stop the flexbone but but they didn't have to they they just outscored the flexbone uh, there was there was not much defense played on on that Saturday on Saturday there, but so you either stop the flex bone or you outscore it and and Wake Forest did that moving to I believe seven and zero and that's that's a huge victory for them that's a that's a tough team to play, um, and so again hats off to Wake Forest and and, and being seven and zero, uh, you know I went to the Texas A and M South Carolina game and. And it was a to say one sided would would be an understatement. Uh, I believe you know going into the fourth quarter, I think South Carolina had eleven yards of total offense, so it was absolute domination. Which, which again, it it, it baffles me. You know, if if you have a top tier team like an Alabama or an A and M playing an FCS school, that's one thing. But when you're playing another SEC school, and they have eleven yards of total offense, th- there's a problem there. And and South Carolina is going to have to address that problem, but and and that's not I'm not taking anything away. A and M plays outstanding defense. That's why they're in it every week because A and M has what you would call a SEC caliber defense. And not all schools in the SEC have an SEC caliber caliber defense, but A and M does. And the fact that they can shut down another SEC school to that extent is, is pretty impressive. And and so that they, that was a that was a, an impressive victory. So, you know, back-to-back, you know, we got to see the Alabama game, which was just such an exciting game. And then South Carolina was just absolute dominance by A&M. And so we're excited about that. I know they have a big game in two weeks against Auburn. We're looking forward to watching that one. Um, You know, Oklahoma kind of sleepwalked. They were sleepwalking through their victory at Kansas. Luckily, they were able to pull that one out, stay undefeated. You know, Penn State gets upset in nine overtimes. That was absolute. that was painful to watch. That was, that was, that was, that was painful. Twenty what twenty to eighteen and nine overtimes. That, that's tough. Um, and then I know we talked. You know, last week. I know we talked last week about uh, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and how. And I and I said uh, I, I called that upset, and and sure enough, Iowa State was able to pull that one off in the end. I just don't think Oklahoma State's offense, which is. Very ironic, you know, being it's Oklahoma State and it's Mike Gundy, and they always play great offense, and it's usually the other side of the ball that gives them issues. But you know, they play great defense, which keeps them in every game. But I just don't think they were good, good enough offensively to win it at the end of that game. 
And so again, that's so that was a big win. And going to Ames this time of year is extremely difficult. Uh, so that's a huge win for a great, uh, a very good Iowa State program. And Matt Campbell and his staff always have Iowa State peaking at the right time. And so we see it again here. They go in and they knock off what the number eight team in the country, undefeated Oklahoma State, and that's a huge win. Um, and which is going to kind of, you know, and then uh, while we're in the Big 12, I'll go ahead and mention the Kansas State big win over Tech. And then, the, you know, Tech fires Matt Wells after, you know, a 5-3 and three start, which uh, I don't really know what they're expecting in uh, Lubbock. Uh, you know, ever since they got rid of Mike Leach, who I love Mike Leach, ever since they got rid of Mike Leach, they keep fishing for this return to, I don't I, I don't know what they're, fi- what they're fishing for. I don't know what they're expecting. But the fact that they're five and three and they fire Matt Wells, I know he's you know he has a thirteen and seventeen record, but I, I think this might be a little premature if it's you know based on performance alone. But I, I just don't I don't I really don't know what they're expecting. So so that you know there that is what it is. But uh, also I thought two key performances with Oregon and Ohio State, and, and I'm going to kind of get to where I want to talk to you about where that's going to end up and why I think those two teams and their performances on Saturday are so important. Oregon State, I mean, not Oregon State, Oregon, you know, pulled one a tough one out this weekend and uh, against UCLA in a, in a big matchup, a big matchup in the Pac-12. And then Ohio State continues to roll. And so, you know, kind of moving on to what we need to look at for next week, you know, there's some real big games. And I'll start with the regional matchups because I don't think they're going to play a huge factor in the national scene but you know we have a big texas baylor game this week texas coming off a bye Uh, i i don't think texas can can beat baylor because i think baylor plays too good a defense Uh, i think they'll be able to limit texas and texas unless texas comes out and shows a renewed a renewed focus on defense or some semblance of defense i don't think they have a chance to beat baylor uh, and then another big regional matchup is SMU versus U of H, 7-0 versus 6-1. I'm looking forward to that matchup because, you know, everybody's looking to that big SMU-Cincinnati matchup at the end of the season, you know, especially if both of them could be undefeated going into that game, you know, in the the group of five conference, in the American Conference. And so this is a big step for, for SMU to play a U of H team that really I've seen play a few times and I have a lot of questions about, especially, you know, with Holgerson, a Holgerson-led team, I have a lot of questions about them. I, I haven't seen them play extremely well, but they just seem to get the job done every week. And SMU seems to be rolling. I think SMU's the, definitely the better team here, but but you just never know. Uh, so again, that's that to me. That's a key. Those are the two key regional matchups this week. And then I think we need to go to the Big Ten and the SEC because where I think it stands right now. I think we could see a real interesting picture in the national championship looking for, to get these final four teams. And I strongly feel that if Oklahoma gets beat, which I think they will get beat, I don't think they're good enough at every position or good enough on in every aspect of the game to go undefeated, especially with the way they played uh, against Kansas this week. I, I think they have a good chance to get beat. And I think if Oklahoma gets beat, I think we have a good chance that there's not going to be a Big 12 representative in the final four. And so, with that said, that leaves me with who is going to be in the Final Four. Where, well, I think Cincy has a great shot to be in the Final Four. If Cincy can run the table and they can beat SMU and they can and they can win the other games on their schedule, I think Cincy has that will be the first pa- uh, group of five team to to go into the playoff. 
I don't think they'll win the playoff. They're not as good. They're not that good. But I think they will be the first uh, group of five team to go to the playoff. Other than that, you're looking at Big Ten and SEC. And so that's what takes me to the key matchups of the week. I think you're going to end up with either two Big Ten teams and an SEC school or two SEC schools and a Big Ten team or one SEC, one Big Ten. And Oregon, I think, has a good shot to slip back in because of that big win at Ohio State. That was a key victory early in the year. If, if Oregon can run the table, I think that that win at Ohio State, what was it, week two, I think, I think that gets them in the Final Four. I think that's the Pac-12's only chance, obviously. And then we're going to end up with Cincy, Oregon, and then whoever, I think, a representative from the Big Ten, which I think is going to be Ohio State, and the winner of Georgia-Bama. Now, what'll... And see, so, you know, moving forward, I think in the SEC, you know, I'd love to say A&M has a shot in the Final Four, but I, I, I think that's a that's that's very difficult. That's a tall, tall task, and that's a that's going to be a very difficult ask. But I think, you know, the road leads, if Bama can beat Auburn, then I think the road leads to the SEC championship. And now with that loss at A&M, a Georgia victory over Bama will knock Bama out of the Final Four. But a Bama win over Georgia now gets two SEC schools in, and that's what I was talking about earlier. You're not going to leave a one-loss Bama team that beat the Georgia team in the SEC championship out. And so, and you're not going to leave Georgia out, who I think is clearly the best team in the country. And so that way, the SEC gets two schools in, plus Cincy, and then it's between the Big 12 and the Pac-12. And so that's kind of where I think we stand. And so you have key matchups this week in the Big 10. You have Michigan, Michigan State. I think Iowa-Wisconsin's not as a big a matchup, but I'm very interested to see... I think that that could be an upset. I think Wisconsin can, especially going to Wisconsin, I think they can beat Iowa this week. But Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State, Ohio State. Because I think right now, the two teams with the past, you know, minus Cincinnati, the two teams with the easiest path to the Final Four are Ohio State and Georgia. And so those are my key matchups in college football this week. All right. Now we're transitioning to high school football, and we're going to talk about our big matchup this week. So... We have our big rivalry week, which we look forward to every season. It's Gorman week. And so this has become a big game since Gorman and us have dropped. You know, we're now in, we're in Division Three TAPS, Division Three football, and we're in District 2. And since we've been uh, inserted in the same district, it's, it's just been a rivalry now. You know, for the last, I'd say, three, four years for us, it's really become our key rivalry. You know, in a town with four big private schools, I mean, we're rivals with all of them. But in football... It's the team that we play the most on that. That especially re, in recent years, we have played the most. So this is a huge game for us, huge game for our program. Um, we need to win this game to secure that last spot for the playoffs. And so, it's, since, it's, since it's such a big week, I brought two of our captains in this week. Uh, Twenty-two, Will Morgan plays quarterback in multiple positions on defense. I just see, I just messed it up, didn't I? You messed I, up. I messed up. That's my bad. Twenty-three, Will Morgan. And 22, Caden Mitchum. Now, I'm not going to lie. For the past four years, I have I, I can't tell y'all. I do it on Friday mornings. I go put jerseys in lockers. And I have messed up jerseys numerous times. I don't know what it is. It's a mental block. It's same thing with, with mixing up all the C names on the team. Happens all the time. But I have mixed up their numbers in the lockers numerous times. I have to go back and double-check myself every day. But 22, Caden Mitchum. Again, both these both these players play multiple positions on defense. This year, Caden has played running back and receiver for us, and and Will has 
you know, anchored the quarterback position for us this year. And but but I want to I wanted to bring them on here to talk about because it's such a big game. But these two young men have been such an integral part of where our program is and and what we've been through. We've been through a lot, but but their leadership has carried us through good times and some difficult times as well. And so again, two special young men that that help lead our football program. And I want to just kind of visit with them today about about this key matchup this week and kind of what it means to them and, you know, what it's meant over the past four years to them. And so that's where I want to start, and I'm going to give each of you time to talk. You know, I, I want to ask the question, and y'all can tap and see who speaks first on this, but what does this game mean to y'all? What does this game mean to you, Will, and mean to you, Caden? Think about it. Whoever goes first, they'll let me know. What, what does this mean to you? What I'll, is going I'll, I'll go first. So, um... I mean, ever since we've started playing uh, Gorman, there's always been trash talk between the two at volleyball games, basketball games, seven-on-seven games. It all just leads to the one game in the season. And sophomore year was the first year I started against Gorman um, in my first game. And uh, it, it was a big deal. I mean, we were both evenly matched teams, and we were going toe-for-toe. Toe. I mean, it was it was. That was a big scoring game, wasn't it? Yeah, 70, 77 to forty. It was it was crazy, and it was the intensity was insane. The um, the stadium was awesome, and it's just like it's a bet. It's the best feeling just to win against the rivalry. So, mm-hmm. I am yet to play Gorman because I was out for injury my sophomore year, and then we were quarantined our junior year, but. I hear the trash talk, and I see what people say on the internet, and I don't really like, uh, we lost last year, unfortunately, and I, um, I feel like we got the bad hand in that game, and, uh, you know, with everybody being quarantined. Yeah, and, you know, that, on that note, you know, and we had five weeks off, remember, because mm-hmm. because of that, we, we hadn't played a game in five weeks, too. Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of our key players quarantined. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, and so, the, you know, on that, it, it is. And, and, it, and this is what makes it, to me, this is what makes it fun, right? I mean, there's a lot of things. Football's great. But these rivalries, these cross-town rivalries, it makes it fun. And, and it's been a good game with them. And it's always been, there's never been any issues in the game. But it's always been, and, and there's always trash talking, you know, rivalries. But it's always been a, a good game, a, a cleanly played game. For the most part, I mean, it's it's been it's it's it's, a, it's just a real fun atmosphere. Again, it starts with seven on seven in the summer, which we love, and then it continues all through the season until this week. And, that, and that's a good point. Um, so, which I'm gonna ask Caden, what's your best Gorman memory? The best memory of from a Gorman game? Yeah, from the Gorman game because again, you didn't get to play last year either, and we didn't play when y'all were a freshman because we were an independent district. And so, what was your best Gorman game memory? Yeah, well, year. it was. It's all kind of a blur now, but I can just remember after after the game, going in the locker room, and we were all just dancing and uh, singing. And then our one of our assistant coaches, um, he he came in here and just started all dancing with us also, and that was just awesome. Just being with the team and celebrating, it it was good. Yeah, that was that was a big that was a big that was a big win. I'll never forget that. Uh, that was two years ago, and right here, and, and again, we were we were in a good we were in a good situation, and I think that made us six and two that year. 
that point, that was a big win over our rival. And they again, they had good they had good players, and um, and we because they had a real good quarterback AJ and and a good real good receiver Dozy that year, and and we and we did a good job of shutting them down. Uh, so that was that was a fun night. That was that was a fun night. Now, let's look at them this week. Um, you know, both of us. You know, we're coming off a tough a tough game last week to uh, number two in the state, Pantigo, a very good football team. And you know, it, it was a it was a tough night Friday night. Our kids played hard the entire time, and so we're real proud of that. But uh, you know, that's all in the past, and that's what we talked about after the game. That you know, all of our all of the games before this this year, everything we've done, good things, bad things, it's all now put in the back, put in the on the back burner for for Gorman week. This is a big week. It doesn't matter what records are; it makes no difference. All that matters is we're playing. It's it, it's Gorman versus All Saints this week, this Saturday at noon at TK Gorman, and 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 it's going to be a, it's going to be a good it's going to be a great atmosphere. I believe it's their homecoming this week. And so, again, we're just looking forward to this opportunity. I mean, I, as a coach, I'm glad we had the extra day this week. <laughs> um, I, I don't sleep much, and I definitely don't get much sleep this week. But uh, I'm glad we had the extra day to prepare. But just look at some of the keys to our victory. And so, you know, for some of the keys for us, uh, you know, from my perspective, I, I think we have to control the football on offense. I think we need to control the football on offense. I think we need to – get the ball on the perimeter. I think we need to spread them out. I think we need to make them play in space. And I think we need to get our playmakers the ball in space. And I know that sounds very simple, but I was watching uh, – y'all ever watch the Monday Night Football game? Y'all, Seahawks last mm-hmm. night? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I watch – I don't know which one y'all watch, but I watch the ESPN too because I want to sit there and listen to the Mannings. Um, so yeah. I, it doesn't matter who's playing. It could be the – my awful Texans at 1-6, and six, and it could be – they could be playing the, uh, what, 0-7 Lions – but I'm going to watch it just to hear Manning and, and Manning and who they bring on because they brought Tom Brady on last night. Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch was on last night, and that was great. Uh, and so, but they brought when they brought Brady on, Brady they asked Brady a lot of questions, and and it got pretty pretty uh, hysterical when when they're all conversating. But uh, but they asked him, we go, well, what would you do? Well, you throw it if they're playing deep, you throw it short. If they're playing short, you throw it deep. If they're if you get them spread out, you run the ball inside. If they're inside, you run that ball outside. It's that simple. And so that's what I'm getting to. What my point is is, we need to get our playmakers the ball in space, out in space. I think where we have really good matchups. And so that's that's the key. That's been the key for us. Every in some weeks we've done a better job of that than others. And so that's what we're looking to do. It's that simple. It, it, it's a very complex game that can be made simple. Again, but it's still complex to make it simple. If that's, I know that's an oxymoron, but oh well. So, what do y'all think? Do y'all have any idea? Do y'all have? What do y'all think the keys for us this week are? I think protecting the football, no unnecessary turnovers, and uh, I think it's gonna be another offensive game. They usually have been. So I think it's gonna be real back and forth on. Score for score. But I think the game plan for defense that we've installed is, from what I've seen from film, I think, it, I think it'll work. That's good. That's good. That's good. And that's a key point. That's a good point, Will, because I remember last year, you know, we were, we were up against We had, you know, a bunch of key players out. And then, you know, we had five weeks off. We hadn't played in five weeks for some other circumstances. Goodness, we go over to Pantigo the week before, and they didn't have officials. <laughs> But so it was weird. It was a weird deal. But anyways, we we come out and they don't touch the ball for the first quarter. We keep the ball 
the entire first quarter. Go down score. But what cost us was we turned the ball over, which we typically did not do last year. We turned the ball over three times. And again, that I attribute a lot of that to rust. And we hadn't played in five, we hadn't played a game in five weeks, but we we did what we needed to do. We controlled the football. We played solid defense for, you know, as, as long as we could. And their playmakers got in space and, and made plays. And they did a good job of getting their playmakers in space. And and we just turned the ball over in key moments last year. And that was kind of and, and so that's a good point, Will. That, that, that turnover is a key. When you have two teams, especially in rivalry games, little things like that or what can turn the tides or, cha- or change the game. And so, again, those I think those are very important. And, and again, defensively, we, you know, we play a very aggressive style of defense, and, and, and hopefully, you know, it pays off this week. But, uh, all right. Well, is there anything else we'd like to talk about? I think that covers it. All right. Yeah. Well, again... I'd like to thank these two young men for coming on, and and, and, and I can't thank them enough. Uh, you know, leading this program for six years, I, I can honestly say that I don't think I've, I've ever I've never had two better leaders than these two young men right here. Twenty three, Will Morgan, and twenty two, Caden Mitchum, have been stalwarts in our program since they were seventh grade, and they have an attitude about them, a good attitude about them. When I say that, but they're great leaders and. We've had, we've had a lot of difficulties this season and faced a lot of adversity, and what has helped pull us through is their leadership. And I, and I can't, I can't uh, emphasize that enough. I'm so glad to have that they've had, that they had the opportunity to come visit with us this morning because it is such a big week for all of us. And, again, we're just looking forward to Saturday. Thank, Thank you, you guys so much. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, all Coach. All right, ma'am. Awesome. So that's two great sections. Now we're going to go to this shift, kind of shift – Focus to the NFL. Uh, you know, NFL finished last night for this week with with a with a good matchup, a good Monday night football matchup between you know a a well, I'd like to say a teetering Seahawks and Saints team. You know, it, it was an interesting game. I believe the Seahawks were coming in at two and three, and I want to say the uh, and the and the Saints were three and two. But both teams are kind of teetering on that edge of being, hey, are they going to be in the playoff race? Are they not going to be in the playoff race? And I think the Seahawks are a better football team with Russell. Well, they're better than the Saints with Russell Wilson at quarterback, no doubt. Even though, I mean, Geno Smith, you know, didn't turn the ball over a lot last night, but he's not Russell Wilson. And so the Saints come in in a in tough weather conditions. Um because it was at it was in Seattle, and you know we know we know they're getting tough weather right there on the West Coast right now. But that was a very interesting game. The Saints play great defense, and so did the Seahawks. But I thought Jameis Winston played very well and managed the game very well, and, and that was I think the deciding factor. You know, going on the road in a very difficult atmosphere in very difficult weather, he did a good job leading the Saints, and and that was a key victory for them. Now they're at four and two. So they're not in the playoff picture. They're in good position in the playoff picture uh, in the NFC, even though I think the NFC is a pretty clear race right now, which I'll talk about right at the end. But, you know, some of my key games this week that that I was watching, and, and I remember we were talking last week about the the Bears. Yeah, the Bears were 3-3, were three and three, but they're having – I mean, now they're starting to play good football teams, and they're being exposed. And now they're facing COVID issues. You know, but they got well, – they, I mean, the Bucks I think, beat them, what, 38-3? to three? That's tough to do in the NFL. That only happens right now to like the Texans. But I think they got beat thirty-one to five by the by the um, Cardinals. That that's that is painful football to watch. 
It's it's great football, you know, with Tom Brady getting his 600 touchdown pass, which that was funny that Mike Evans gave it to the fans. And that was a funny dynamic and, and funny situation. But, um, but, you know, with all that being said, you know, this NFL game is is a very finicky game. It's, it's crazy because, again, the, as I've talked about numerous times, the talent discrepancy between teams gets so minimal. But yet, some of these teams are so far ahead of other teams. And, again, a lot of it comes back to quarterback play. I mean, you're looking at a – hey, you're looking at a field, Fields. Fields is, Fields is a rookie quarterback. You're looking at Mills in Texas in Houston, rookie quarterback. The Jets got blown out, rookie quarterback. It, it's tough. It, and, and again, a lot of it comes to that position because the, the again, because the, the talent is so close, you have to have a difference maker at that position. And it is so hard to play quarterback in the NFL. So much harder than, of course, any other level. And that's the way it should be. And that's the way it is. Um, and so that's that's kind of my takeaway. You know, then you have Joe Burrow in 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 Cincinnati. Leads Cincinnati to a great victory over a good Ravens team in Baltimore. That was huge. You see the culture in Cincinnati changing. And that's a big, big win over a really good Ravens team. Which again just kind of mucks up the water in the AFC again. Which again I'll talk about in a minute. The Carolina Panthers are on the ropes now. And now I hear they're in the market for Deshaun Watson. That that's that's crazy business right there. A lot of people have talked about uh, their offensive coordinator coming back to LSU. They've talked about Aranda coming back to LSU from Baylor. So that's that's all going to be interesting. Who fills those jobs? But uh, but the Panthers right now are on the on the ropes after that after that win in uh, in Houston. I believe it was on Thursday night. That big win in Houston. They've they've struggled since then. And then I think that the the biggest not surprise in the NFL, but the biggest question in the NFL is how good are the Chiefs? Because not much has changed on the Chiefs. But like I talked about last week, what I think you've seen is I think their confidence, a team that is thrives on confidence, and they have they have they instill a lack of confidence in their in their opposition. They've done that over the past two or three years. Now, I think their confidence is wavered because Mahomes is still Mahomes. But now, they feel that they have to be perfect. That's, that's my take on it. And, and I've watched them, you know, a little. I haven't sat down and watched their games in entirety. And so, but from my perspective on it, what it seems like to me is when they go in and, they're def- and they get a few stops on defense, they, they win football games because their offense doesn't feel the pressure that they have to score every series. And so what I see, like against Tennessee, they get down early to a team that controls the football and runs the football well. Now their offense feels like they have to score every possession. And so they start to press. And when they start to press, they start turning the football over, and then it snowballs on them. And that's what I saw Sunday. I see a Chiefs, a Chiefs team that, unlike in the past, where they can, you, they're never out of a game. And they, and they might not still be. I mean, they're still so explosive. I mean, Mahomes is explosive. Their weapons on offense are explosive. But when when they enter a game where I think that they feel that they have to score, they have the pressure to score almost every possession, they start to press now. They don't have the confidence or the air of invincibility, invincibility that they've had in the past, and they start making mistakes. 
And so that's what I see is wrong with the Chiefs. That's my that's my uh, that's my answer. But you know, there's some big matchups. And there's big matchups every week. I mean, the NFL is a surprise every week, with the exception of the I think the top dogs in the NFC. And that leads me to my last take on the on the NFL. To me, with what I've seen at this point in the season, the NFC is pretty clear. I think right now, pretty clear cut. You have the Rams, the Packers. You have the Cardinals. They're better than everyone else. And, of course, the Bucks, who might be the best team in the NFL, who had that one hiccup against the Rams. Those four teams, I think, are clearly better than everybody. Even the Cowboys. And I think the Cowboys are right there behind those four teams. I do think that. I think the Cowboys are playing well. But I do see holes in the Cowboys. These other teams have very few holes in any aspect of the game. I see a few holes in the Cowboys with decision-making, defense. I think I think their offense is just playing exceptionally well. Uh, but I think they're right behind these four teams. But I think these four teams are the clear-cut teams right now. I think it is those four teams. And then the Cowboys are kind of in what I call purgatory. And then it's everybody else. The AFC is a muddy mess. You know, the Bills lost to the Titans. The Titans have now emerged on the scene. So have the Bengals emerged on the scenes. The Ravens just got beat by the Bengals. Hey, the Raiders are playing real well without Gruden. I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, you have all these teams right now like that are 4-2. and two, The Bills. Again, you have the Bills, the Raiders, the, <clears throat> the Chargers, the Ravens. The, the Bengals, and they've all beat up on each other. Some have beat, I mean, that's why they're all, it's just, a, it's just a mess at the top. And I think the Patriots, watch out for the Patriots. Best coach in NFL history, watch out for the Patriots because they are getting better every week, and their rookie quarterback is getting better every week. And he is in a system that is helping him flourish. And him coming out of a program at Alabama, I think, makes him the most NFL ready. And that's what we're seeing. The program you play in in college makes you more NFL ready. Joe Burrows, I know he's in not in a rookie year. But but that's, that's where I think they're at. And so, watch for the Patriots. Everybody needs to watch out for the Patriots. They took the Cowboys down to overtime two weeks ago. They had a convincing win this week. Watch out for the Patriots because they're starting to click now. And it's a very muddied water AFC. So that's my take. You have, I think, those four teams, the Bills, or those, what, four or five teams, the Bills, the Bengals, the Ravens, the Raiders, the Chargers, those five teams, and I think the Patriots are going to be right there behind them. Who else comes in right there in that other, in that in that other spot? I, I'm not sure, but watch out for the Patriots. All right, and that wraps up another edition of Coach Starnes Raw. I'd like to thank you all so much for listening, and look forward to visiting with you next week.